Well, it's that time of the week again. It's time for Chit Chat Across the Pond. This is episode number 679 for April 3rd, 2021, and I'm your host, Allison Sheridan. This week, our guest is Bart Bouchatz with another installment of Programming by Stealth. I think we're on 113, if we're counting correctly. We are on 113, but don't look at the Git repository because I appear to have lost 100 episodes from my brain. <laughs> It oddly didn't confuse me. I, everything else in, in there has confused me, but not that. And I haven't seen it. I've been writing these show notes for all week, and I, I at no point saw the missing one. But anyway, there we go. Oh, this goes well. to show you can't see your own errors. <laughs> That's why you got to proof it. All right. Anyway. Exactly. What are we doing this week, Bart? Well, last week, last time, two weeks ago, I made you do that thing you hate, where I tell you all the cool stuff we're going to do and then proceed to do nothing. Uh, yes. <laughs> leave you posting, I believe you call it, where I tell you all about the horse and you don't actually get to do anything. So right. today we're going to take our little horsey out for a ride, as it were. So we introduced the concept of how Git repositories talk to each other last time. So Git calls them remotes. And we introduced ourselves to the various pieces of jargon like fetching, pushing and pulling. And we introduced the concept of a bare repository. And we introduced the idea that remotes have a URL and that there are lots of possible URLs, but in this series we care about precisely two of them, the local file system and HTTPS. So we also described some scenarios where we would want repositories to talk to each other. Um, We did three of them. And the simplest scenario is a lone developer with a NAS or some other network device and that they would have a repository that they worked on on their laptop on their desktop and a repository on the NAS to act as a backup and to facilitate switching computers by acting as a middle repository between the laptop and the desktop. So we're going to start implementing that scenario, but we're doing the first half of it this time. We're doing the backup half. So for today, it's going to be the repository we're working on and a backup. And then next time, we're going to introduce the extra complexity of another copy of ourselves, our our pretend laptop. Does that make sense? So uh, do we need a NAS to do this episode? Well, we don't really, because the whole point of a NAS is that it shows up on the local file system. So we're going to make our two repositories in the same folder. Oh, okay, that'll work. But the theory is identical to if one of them was on a NAS, because a NAS is just a folder on your computer. If it's mounted. Correct. It would have to be mounted, otherwise we can't use the file system. Otherwise we'd have to have it published over HTTPS, and we'd have to do a whole bunch of setup, and you absolutely can do that, and there exist open source products to do that, but let's just keep it simple. Okay. Uh, Git is enough to worry about without becoming server admins. (laughs) <laughs> we could do with the t- t- taming the server sometime sometime anyway that's uh <laughs> uh-oh uh-oh yeah a new, a new podcast just spawned just <laughs> you hear it that's that's what it sounds like when bart thinks up the next one <laughs> i was just gonna say that's exactly what it sounded like when we were doing the terminal and i said oh we should teach you the program <laughs> and look where we are now 113 <laughs> episodes later anyway all right okay so for this installment you will find a zip file pbs113.zip uh, and so I'd like you to extract that zip file into a random folder somewhere on your computer and then open a terminal and pop into the freshly extracted folder. Alrighty, I'm there. 
So in there you will find, among other things, you will find a, a little bash script called pbs113-init.sh and a bundle file called pbs113a.bundle. So up until now, I've been making you manually extract the bundle by copying and pasting in lots of commands. And last right. time we learned a small amount of bash scripting and I said, from now on, rather than making you do all that, by hand, we're just going to have a bash script to do it for you. So the bash script is going to do everything we did by hand before. It's going to make a folder named PBS113A. It's going to change into that folder, initialize that folder as a Git repository, rename master to main if needed, and then it's going to suck in all the branches and tags from the bundle. Oh, look at that. I just opened up the bash script and that's exactly what it says it does. It looks like the show notes used to look. Pretty much with some environment variable, or not environment variable, shell variables thrown in to make it a bit less copy pasty. Um, yeah. But yeah. So rather than doing it all by hand, we're going to start by making sure the zip file is, ex- or not the zip file, the, <laughs> the shell script is executable by saying chmod 755 pbs113-init.sh. So that changes the permissions, correct? Yes, I'm not sure if the zip file will have preserved the execute permissions I had set on it before I zipped it. So I figured this way we're sure it'll be executable. Okay. And then we just execute it by saying dot slash pbs113-init.sh. And it will do its thing and drop you back to the It did do a thing. Ooh, and I have a bunch of new tags. Then some fetching. Yeah. So if you open that folder in the terminal in the finder or if you just do an ls in the terminal you will see that you now have a folder named pbs113a and that is our repository ready and waiting for us so what the show notes should say now is cd into that folder all righty do you want me to add that to the show notes or do you want to do it actually because you're better at multitasking than i am and i'm doing 90 percent of the (laughs) talking the best part is i'm not listening when i do that but that's okay (laughs) um you may have noticed that the bash script, when you executed it, told you what it was doing. It didn't only show you the output of the terminal commands, it also showed you the actual terminal commands with a plus symbol in front of them. Oh, my window was too small. Yes, yes, indeed, do it did. Look at that. Yeah, and that's not default bash behavior. By default, when you execute a shell script, you don't see the commands, you only see the output, which I find really annoying, because then if there's an error, I don't know where the error came from. So Bash has an extra option to enable command echoing, uh, which is basically you run Bash with the minus X flag. So if you notice in the shell script, the shebang line at the top says slash bin slash Bash minus X. Yeah. And okay. the minus X is the reason you get those nice plus followed by the command. Oh. So it's a lovely little tip if you want to share a script that confesses to its actions while it's doing them. And the good okay. news is they didn't change that for ZSH, so the minus X flag works just fine when you switch over to ZSH, as, you know, if you do. Okay. You, don't, you don't have to for shell scripting because... Bash- or if your computer did all by itself. Uh, no, right. So ZSH is now the default interactive shell on newer versions of Mac OS, but it still ships with Bash, so you can still run Bash scripts. So if the shebang line at the top of the script says Bash, the newest versions of the Mac have no problem running them through Bash. 
Oh, okay. In fact, your oh, your Mac still has SH as well, the original and mm. best shell. And I say best in the most ironic way possible. It's, there's a reason Bash exists. And there's a reason okay. the SH exists. Anyway, so there we go. That's a little bonus extra. And I'm going to do that always in this series because the point of the shell script isn't to be secret sauce. It's to save us typing. So having it tell yeah. you what it's doing seems very sensible to me. Yeah, and those were those were always a little tricky to copy and paste from the show notes, depending on the width of your window and things. And yeah, yeah exactly. Nice. Yeah, so this way I show you, and nothing is hidden, but it's easier. Yeah. So we now have our normal repository, like we always would. Yeah, and you know the way I said to add in a CD command. Don't do that here. I've just realized. Oh. Okay. Because we have some more work to do before. I did forget to put that into the show notes, but it's later on I've forgotten. <laughs> okay. I will I will cut it back out of the show notes where I put it and I will it'll be in my clipboard history, so when Perfect. tell me where to put it and when we get there. Yes. Because the first thing we want to do is we want to create a bare repository that's going to act as our backup. So I'm about to introduce you to Mental words I use to describe things in my head. This is not bash jargon. This is Bart jargon. But I like to sort of, to help keep me sane, I mentally divide Git repositories into two piles. What I call working repositories, which are repositories where I do things, and storage repositories, which are repositories that I keep things in, but I don't directly manipulate. Okay. So for us, and, okay, I'm working on the show notes and I push to GitHub and you pull from GitHub and you work on your computer. You mm-hmm. and I each have a working repository on our computers. Right. But the one in GitHub isn't a working repository. It's a storage repository in this mental but, model. Okay, but we don't, we don't go mess around with it up there. We could. We interact with it indirectly, right? Our repository talks to it. Right. We don't log into the ser- we don't climb into the server and use it. I shouldn't confess to you that I've done that on your stuff before then. You can do that. GitHub allows you to do that through the web GUI, which I think it uh-huh. does by having an actual other copy of the repository that it then push it, I th- anyway, let's not go there. Uh, effectively, we are doing our work on our local repositories and we're not doing our work up on the server, so the one up on the server it's for storage. It's not for working in. And so okay. in our scenario today, we're going to have our backup repository. We're never going to directly work in the backup. We're going to work in our normal repository and we're going to back up to the backup repository. So the backup repository okay. is a storage repository and the one we're okay. doing our work in is a working repository. So we learned last time that there's this concept of a bare repository, which is one that doesn't have a working tree. And so a storage repository really doesn't need a working tree, so they should be created as bare repositories. So that's what can we're going to do. Can you hum that bar again? Because I, I was going to confess at the beginning that I didn't remember what a bare repository was. Sure. And I know you've just said it, but what do you mean by it doesn't have a working tree? So when we are using a Git repository, it's a folder, and we change mm-hmm. into that folder, and what we see is a whole bunch of files that we can edit. Right. Everything we see is the working tree. What's also okay. in there hidden is a folder called .git, which contains all of your commits, all of your branches, 
all of your tags. The .git folder is where all the information actually lives, and all you have right. that you see is the currently checked out code with your edits. Right. So as you change branch, what you see changes. Right. Because it's just your working tree. But what's a bare repository was my question. It's one that doesn't have a working tree. All it has is the .git folder. Oh. It's just the data, not... Oh, because nothing's ever checked out there? Correct. Ah, okay. All right. So it's just a slimmed down version that it's just the database part. Just the just the dot .git folder. Just just the data. Or yeah, okay. I mean, okay, All at right. the low level, it's just the dot .git folder. But yeah, so it, it's just the data. Gotcha. And they're not okay. they're not magic. You basically create a directory, uh, and then you init it with git init. Only you pass it the flag minus minus bear. So in this case, mm-hmm. we're going to say mkdir pbs one one three a dash backup dot git. That's the other thing I had meant to say. It is in the show notes. By convention, purely by convention, not by rule, by convention, we name bare repositories with the extension .git. They are folders, but we call them something or other .git. That is just a convention. Oh, that's upsetting, but okay. Well, remember, (laughs) a .app is a folder too. Yeah, well, it's a package. Which is a folder with a little piece of metadata that says, Dear Mac OS Finder, pretend I'm not a folder. Yeah, don't don't worry my pretty little head with all those details. Yeah, because if you go into the terminal and type ls, it's a folder. Okay. Anyway, so we make a directory. We call it pbs113a-backup.git. And then we tell git to turn it into a bare repository by saying git space init minus minus bare pbs113a-backup.git. Okay, so the dash dash bear says don't make any working trees. Yep. Huh, okay. So we now have our bear repository. And that's where we're going to back up two. <sighs> Do you know what it did? It just cha- it made master the name for the initial branch. Wait, but there isn't a branch. Why did it write that? Uh, the branch is only kind of there. <laughs> <laughs> so the the name exists. If you were it's... to if you were to do nothing, if you were to force it to do a commit without changing branch, the commit would go into the zero length branch, provisionally called master. Okay, we're not going to do that. So the the branch master okay. is an aspiration. It's like, well, I'm pointing at a nothing, and I'm going to call that nothing master. Okay. But, Interestingly, the, the, the hint says using master as the name for the initial branch, and then it says names commonly chosen instead of master are main, trunk, and development. Huh. That's interesting. And it tells you how to change the name of that branch. But if we go touching that branch, things will probably get all weird, right? Yeah, don't touch anything. Just okay. we're going to set it all aside. Right. So now is the point. So after the heading and before... Yeah, after the first sentence where I say, now let's enter our primary repository and add the backup as a remote, that's the okay. point. Oh, no. I, hey, look at me. I didn't forget. <laughs> you just forgot that you remembered that you forgot. Something like that. that. you remembered. So, okay, got it. <laughs> so the first step is to change into a repository and check the proverbial lay of the land. So we go CD space PBS113A git space status. And it tells us we're on the branch main with nothing to commit, working tree clean. 
Yes. Okay. So if you like, you can open that up in the in the finder and open index.html and remind yourself of the silly little page we have with the hello worlds and the little back to the future poster. And I think we have an alert telling you how many years the series has been running. We keep making this page sillier. Um, but it, it exists, just like we left. I actually, we look at it so seldom, I forget that it's even there, but yeah. yeah. Okay. So that now exists. We're on the branch main. All is well. We now need to tell this repository, we need to create a relationship between this repository and the bare repository we just created. Right. So we need, in other words, we need to add a remote. So before we do anything, let's just re- prove to ourselves that at the moment, this repository has no connections to any other repositories. So the command okay. git space remote will list all of the remotes it knows about. Okay. So if we do that now, we will see it knows about precisely zero. Hmm. Okay. So now we need to teach all, it. All all remotes that aren't local are are remote. Every repository that's not this repository is remote. Okay. All right. If it's not me, it's someone else. Okay. So we need to add a remote using the add subcommand for the git remote command. So the command takes two arguments, the name we are going to give our remote, so just the the label we're going to use to refer to it, followed by the URL to where it actually is. Now, in our case, the URL is very straightforward because it's on the local file system. So the URL for us is just a file path. And because I have no idea what your folder is called, I've decided to do it as a relative file path because that will always be correct. So dot dot slash, which means backup one folder, forward slash pbs one one three a dash backup dot git. So I don't think you ever said out loud for the audience what the command was. You said there's going to be two two pieces to it, but you didn't say it. Right. So, so it's th- git remote add backup. So backup is going to be the name of the remote. Yes, so the, uh, yeah, that's literally what's right here in the show. Notes. So git space remote space add, and then backup is the name we've chosen. It could be boogity boo, right? It could be anything. Okay. But All right. backup, since we're making this, since the scenario we're playing out is that we're going to use this bare repository to back up our real repository because it's on a pretend SAN or NAS we don't own. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're going to call it backup. And then we give it okay. the URL to where it is, which for us is just right. a file path. So dot dot slash pbs one one three a dash backup dot git. Right. Okay. So if we type git space remote again, we can see that it now knows that this remote exists because it just typed it returned backup. Yeah. So it's yeah, like, it didn't tell me where it is. It just said there's one out there. Correct. So that the git remote command will just list them. If you okay. want to know more, you pass at the minus V for verbose flag. So if you say git space oh. road space minus V, it will show you that backup exists in two directions. We can push and pull. Or fetch and oh, push. Oh, so it doesn't just tell you they exist. It tells you what you can do with it. You can fetch and, and push. Yeah, now... Not push, pull. It is conceivably possible, and we're not going to wire how that the URL you would use for one of those actions would differ from the other. Oof, I don't want to know about that. Yeah, you don't. It's mostly okay. a legacy thing, and it was fixed because it was confusing as old heck. Okay, good. Uh, so, so 
is it important? Is it important distinction? You said you can push and pull, but it says fetch, fetch and push. Yeah. So fetching is like the pull's little cousin. <laughs> if you can fetch, you can also pull. Um, but fetching is strictly speaking what you're doing. Okay. So fetching. I don't know about the rest of the audience, but the the concept of fetching was really important to me this week. That's the big lesson I got from last time. Good. Because I I didn't notice until you told me about fetching that when you open up a repo, it already knows about those changes yes. that, that somebody else has done elsewhere yes. on the remote. And, and so knowing that they were already there explains how come I can see, like when you created PBS 113, or in this case, PBS 13, <laughs> yeah. uh, it, work in progress, I could already see it. And I went, ah, that's because it fetches when you open it up or it's fetching. Yeah. When I yeah. open the app, I guess it fetches. Yeah. I mean, the GUIs are fetching all the time, like pretty much every time okay. you focus the window or pretty much any time anytime it feels, oh, okay. I should update the UI. It goes, oh, let's go see what's on the server. Okay. Okay, good. But that was huge to me. So this now I'm all excited that I know what this means. Excellent. Now on the command line, you have to actually do the work of fetching. So on the command line, you have to actually tell Git, hey, go check those servers over there. Something might have changed. But on the GUI, they'll just oh, do it for you, which is very, very It's like convenient. I'm a straight person there. I just looked at what's next in the show notes. We're going to fetch that back up, aren't we? Well, ye- yes. But at the moment, yeah, well, yes. Um, so we've now linked, we've now made this connection between our working repository and our storage repository in Bartlingo, or our backup repository. So we can now ask the backup to tell us everything about itself. Hmm. So if we say git space fetch space backup, it will go and pull down all the information from the backup. Um, what we were about to discover is that's very boring. But let us we don't know that, right? Because hypothetically speaking, we don't know anything about this repository yet. So... The next thing we can do once we have done our fetch is we can ask Git to tell us what branches exist on the remote, which the GUI just shows us under the remote section in the sidebar. But we on the on the command line have to actually use a command. And so the command git branch shows us our local branches. So the command git branch space minus or for remote shows us the remote branches. Now, if I've been paying attention... I'm not reading ahead. That should be empty because there's no branches in this remote. Correct. So right okay. now, this is a really boring command. It won't stay boring, but right now, this is pretty darn boring. Okay. Um, At this point in time, I'm about to tell you that getting remote tags is annoyingly not like you'd expect because my brain went, ah, git branch minus or. Okay, well, then clearly it must be git tag minus or. No, it isn't. No, it isn't. So the reason it isn't is... I don't understand what you mean by getting tags. Okay, so... You're not saying getting tags, you're get... Listing them, seeing them, viewing the tags that are on the remote repository. Ah, okay. So I can see the tags in my local repository by typing git space tag. I mean, you can try it there. If you type git space tag, you'll see all the tags that exist on this repository, which is our semver... Tags. Okay. You see, there's loads of them there. Mm-hmm. And hypothetically, there could be hundreds of tags on the server. I see what you're saying. So you're saying git 
space tag space dash r for remote should return that and it doesn't it doesn't because that's not how gate works that will be too logical <laughs> okay the reason it doesn't work like that is because a tag isn't fetched when you do a git fetch all it does is fetch oh. the commits and the branches it doesn't actually go and fetch the tags so you can never see the remote tags without actually viewing the remote server so there's a set there's a command called git ls dash remote which it doesn't fetch it actually at the moment you hit enter it goes to the server and asks the server for information hmm so if you do a git ls remote without any extra arguments it will list everything in that remote be it a branch or a tag and if you only want the tags you pass it minus minus tags Right now, both of those commands will return absolutely, positively nothing because that remote is as empty as can be. But pop a mental pin into those commands because we're about to fill that. Oh, because, oh because, the, because there's nothing... We've created it, but we haven't pushed anything to it yet. Correct. We have done git okay. init and then we have sod it off. Okay. So it's okay. sitting there as empty as empty Got can it. be. So for our backup to be a backup, what we really need to do is to take everything from our current repository that we're in and push all of it into that backup. Mm -hmm. Okay. So we can do that with the git push command and the help of two very convenient flags. The minus minus all flag will push all the branches in one go. So we could push them one by one, right? We could say git space push space backup space name of branch one, so main. And then if we had more branches, we could say git space push space backup space name of the next branch. And we could say git space push space backup name of the next branch. But honestly, I'd forget one or two. <laughs> so git space push space where you want it to go. So backup space minus minus all. All the branches are now pushed. So you can do that there and you'll it see it. It bothers me a little bit that it says to push the backup, but you're pushing to the backup is what that means. Yes. Whoops. Oh, God, how nice is that? I forgot the one of the dashes, and it says, error, did you mean dash dash all with two dashes? Oh, that was nice of it, it. It puts it and even explains it. Oh. Yes, I did. Thank you. You said it was polite. Yeah, git, git as, as, as terminal commands go, git is on the politer side of the spectrum. <laughs> so that's all the branches taken care of, but none of the tags have been pushed yet. So let's push those with the wonderful flag minus minus tags. So git space push space backup space minus minus tags. So where we want to push and what we want to push. So we want to push the backup and we want to push the tags. Okay. So now, so okay. I ran that and it returned total zero, delta zero, reused zero, delta zero, pack reuse zero. But then it says two, and it gives the, the repo name, and then it shows all the new tags. Why is it telling me zero about everything? We haven't made any actual new commits on the... You haven't pushed any commits. Huh. Okay. You haven't... I didn't tell it to. I told it to just push the tags. What's it yelling? Yeah, but it, okay. it, 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 Git has very standard outputs, which are useful for oh, okay. parsing as a computer rather than as a human. <laughs> okay. So now, when we try to actually see what's over there, we can get way more information. So now, if we do our git space ls-remote space backup to list everything on the remote repository, oh, look, we get some very cryptic output. 
But there's a lot of it. Those look like nice little hashes there. Okay, good. So I am... Okay, so you've you've deduced correctly what the first column is. The first column are hashes of commits. Mm-hmm. And the second column is what is referencing those commits. So under the hood, the way Git stores a branch is inside that hidden .git folder, there's a folder called refs, and inside that there's a folder called heads, and inside that there's a there's a a link to every branch. So refs slash heads slash main is Git's internal way of saying the branch named main. And what it's telling us is that the commit at the top of main is D86B2E36. That one. So so does it now know main instead of master? Yes, because we told it. Okay. We pushed. We pushed everything. Right. Okay. In fact, we know it knows because there it is in in front of our face. It is telling us that it has a branch named main and the commit at the head of that branch is that one. Okay. And then internally, the way Git stores tags is in a folder under, it was a subfolder of the refs folder named tags. So you will also see that there is a tag stored on the remote repository matching all of our local tags and each of them is pointing at a specific commit by its charming hash number. So while that isn't the most readable output on planet Earth, what it tells me is there's one branch named main and there are lots of tags. Right. So we have succeeded in pushing our branches and our tags to our backup. So if I was to switch into that directory, I would see the same things that I see in PBS 113A? You would indeed. So if you, if you, if you say open, actually, look. you know, open another terminal yeah. window there and change into it. I was doing it in the Finder and it looks completely different. Right. Remember, it's a bare repository. There's nothing in there. Only the data. So the only way to inter- do the only- Oh, I thought after we pushed it, it was no longer bare. Okay, so a bare repository means it has no working copy, but a full database. You said it has no branches. You didn't say a working copy. You said no, it no, had no. no branches. Okay, I said both of those things. I said what makes it bare is that it has no working tree, and when we created working it, tree. it was empty That's because we just created it. Is working tree a synonym for working copy? I think working tree is the technically correct term, and I think working copy is something I made up and have been saying wrong for the last 10 episodes, and you've been correcting me, and so now I'm being really careful and correcting myself. <laughs> I don't remember correcting you on that. Well, I you did last that time. sounding normal. Okay. All right. So uh, there's no working tree right. in the backup because it's still bare, even though we just pushed everything to it. Right. It's... It does not... Okay, there is nothing checked out. It knows everything, that's it, that's it. but it yeah, has nothing yeah. checked right, out. Right. Okay, so, I promise to be confused on that again, just, just okay. so everybody's comfortable. <laughs> well, that's good, because we're, say, we're, we're not, we don't interact with it directly, so the concept of being checked out just doesn't make any sense. But you can, you can open it up in the terminal, change into that folder, and do a git space uh, tag to see all the tags, or a git space branch to see all the branches. Yeah. And they're all there. Wait, you said git space branches? No. No, git space branch to see all the branches. Branch. Ah, gotcha. Oh, there it is, main. Yeah, okay. We don't have any, yeah, because we, we remerged everything. Or, or git space tag to see all the tags. So it is, we have successfully pushed all of our stuff into this bare repository. 
So if it were on our SAN, well, it is now a genuine backup of not just the current state. It is a backup of every state this repository has ever had. It's our full version history now safe. So if our laptop blows up, we don't just have the latest snapshot of the code. We have every snapshot ever of the code. Okay. Fully recoverable. Fully recoverable, which is what we want. Okay. And because it knows everything, it can serve as a transfer point between your multiple computers, which is how we're going to use it next time. Right? Because it it knows everything. But it knows everything now. Well, in the real world, we don't stop the moment we make a backup. Right? We keep working. So going back to our normal repository, let's... Let's make a change. Let's do something. So you will find in the zip file a folder called pbs113a-2, which contains an updated copy of index.html. Right. That just confused me. I just saw it and went, wait, did I accidentally create that? But you did that. I I did that. There's a new copy of index.html. If you copy that into our repository, so into pbs113a to replace the index.html that's there at the moment, Mm Mm-hmm. I have just added another little piece of trivia. Um, You can open it up in Safari to have a look, but there's now another little trivia box that tells you all about something called Back to the Future Day, which is the date and time that Marty set the DeLorean to go to. Uh, And it's now in the past, and I don't have my darn hoverboard. I am not impressed. (laughs) We're all all tired of that. We really are. Uh, in fact, it's five years in the past. I'm five years overdue a hoverboard. Uh, oh, I'd settle for the self-tying shoelaces, actually. I believe they do exist, but I can't afford them. So we should now commit this change, as silly as it is. And, of course, we should use our conventional commits. So git commit space minus am feet colon added back to the future day trivia box. Because it's... It may be a dumb feature, but it is a new feature. (laughs) Okay. Uh, And since we've added a new feature, we should also add a new Semver-style version number. So if we do git space tag with no arguments, we can see all the tags that exist, which tells us that the most recent one was 2.7.0. So we've added a non-breaking feature, so the middle number should be bumped. So therefore, we should name this one 2.8.0. So, All right. git space tag space v2.8.0. So we've now made two changes in our local repository. So if you take a mental note of the hash of our most recent commit, so we can see that by saying git space log minus minus pretty space minus one. So Wait, the minus one... Do? So the minus minus pretty, so git log will give us all the details of the most recent commits, like all the details. So the minus minus pretty just sort of shrinks it down to a friendly summary. Okay. The minus one tells us how far back in time we'd like to see, and I really just want to see the most recent commit. So git space log minus minus pretty minus one is give me a summary of the most recent commit. So what it tells us is that that commit has the hash a blah de blah de blah. It is on the branch main and is tagged with v2.8.0. Um, your, my it. one says the author is Bart Bouchotts. 
Yours probably doesn't say that. Yeah, nope. My, it has my email address. How does it know that? Uh, because you would have set that in your with the git settings command. You would have said who you are. Did we do that like twenty episodes ago? And I forgot. We did that twenty episodes ago, and your git clients will have done it for you before we even did it together. So when you when you set up either git kraken or uh, the other one whose name source, source tree source tree, they would have. The first one of those would have said, oh, you don't have your author details configured. Would you like me to configure them? And once you configured mm-hmm. them, they were configured for everyone. So, oh, okay. At some point that was done. Okay. I think I do remember this vaguely. Uh, and it tells us that uh, the, the comment is feet added back to the future date review box. So the important thing I'd like right. you to remember is that uh, hash. I'm actually curious if the hash is the same for you, because I think I think it should be, because the hash should be based on the content, not the author. It is not, but I started typing by myself and then thought, oh, shoot, I should do it exactly with him, but I, it looks the same. Well, if there's even one extra space somewhere, then you'll have a different hash. Yeah, yeah, it does look slightly different, but I think it looks exactly the same to me. Well, to be honest, it doesn't really matter if it's the same hash as mine. What matters is that you take a note of it. I was going to say, you said I have to remember it, and you know that's not going to happen. <laughs> wow, well, look, copy and paste it into... Keep your eye on it. Keep your eye on it, yeah. Okay. So that tells us that our local main branch is at the commit, whatever that hash was. And it happens oh, be- I just thought of something. That commit won't be the same because it knows things like the author's Bart Bouchats, right? But I don't know if the metadata is part of the hash or not. Is the hash based only on the file content or is the hash based on the file content plus the metadata? Uh, I don't know. I think it is because I'm, I'm 95% certain I have the exact same commit message as you do. Hmm. Well, we can experiment. We'll find out. Okay. Oh, oh goodness, it's quarter to midnight. I might explain that. Um, anyway, sorry about that. So... That's the state of our local repository. So what's the state of our remote repository? Well, let's do a git space ls-remote space backup to list everything that the remote called backup knows about. It thinks main is at a completely different hash. Well, of course it does. And it has right. it has never seen the tag 2.8.0. Of course it hasn't. We haven't told it about it. So right. we are now ahead of our backup. So we need to push the changes to our backup. So the first thing we want to do is we want to push the branch main, because that's by far the most important thing to get done. So we can do that by saying git space push space name of where we want it to go space what we want to push. So git space push space backup space main. So to where... So let me say that one more time. What we're going to do, we've got git because we have to tell it we're doing git commands. We're telling it we want to push. We want to push to backup. And the thing we want to push is main. Yes. So we never checked out main. No, we did. Uh, Git status showed us that we were on the branch main. Okay. So we didn't have to to check it out because we were already there. Yes. Okay. Yes. All right. So we, as I said, at the very, very start, we said, check the day of the land, get status, and it showed that we were on main. Okay. So we've been working on main all along, like naughty people, but I didn't want to confuse things. Okay. So that's sent, you'll see it say that it has sent uh, the commit to main. 
on the remote side. So you'll see it. You should see that hash being pushed over. Computing and counting objects. Ooh, it counted a bunch of stuff. Now it's all excited about deltas. It's got some numbers in there. And there's a hash that starts with D86, which is not the same thing. Well, it isn't for hmm. you. It is for me. So your one should be this. Hmm. So my commit starts with C688. This says D86B2. And it ends in 88. Oh, wait, wait, wait. There's the C6. It's got dot, dot. It's got six characters, then dot, dot, and then six more characters. Yeah, it's truncated the hash. But the six at the end are the six at the beginning of the of the commit hash. Am I making any sense? So my my commit hash started with six c eighty eight. Okay, so this you, has six digits dot dot six c eighty eight. Okay, so they're the two commits that have changed. Um, so oh, before we started, you had a commit on the remote side that would have been d eight six b two e yada yada yada. And then you would have had your local commit, which is a different hash to me. And we've now moved the remote main from where it was, which was D86, to mm-hmm. your new hash. This new one. Okay, so the, the old one, dot, dot, the new one. Yes. So we have updated okay. the old, we have updated the main branch over there from this hash to this hash. Okay. Now I buy it. So... We now need to send the tag over. So git space push space backup space v2.8.0. And it should say new tag. Catching up. Looking, was looking at something else. Git, yep. Okay. Got it. So if we now do a git dash ls remote space backup, we should now see that the remote is in tune with us locally. the hash should be the same. Ah, yes, it is. And the branch 2.8.0 should be in the list, whereas it, it wasn't is. before. So the, the hash at the top at ref slash head slash main is the same as the hash at the bottom ref slash tag slash v2.8.0, the one we just pushed. Correct, because we tagged our most recent commit. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So our backup is now in sync again. So we have succeeded. We made a backup. We made a change. And then we backed up the change as well. So we're keeping our backup in line by pushing our changes to the backup. Now, this is an awfully manual process. Mm -hmm. Because if we were to forget, well, we'd have forgotten. And our backup would become ever less complete. So, clearly, there must be a better way. Well, there is. But that's for next time. So, what we've done today is we made a second repository and we've added a relationship between the repositories. But what we also need to do is to add relationships between the branches inside the repositories. So we need to tell Git that main local and main on the remote should be considered connected to each other. Oh, so you don't have to be so specific? So you don't have yes. to keep telling it to do it? Oh, Correct. Okay. And then you can just tell Git to push. 
You don't have to tell it what, because Git knows what's connected to what. And uh, then the okay. act of keeping your backup in sync is literally as simple as typing git space push enter. Okay. And because you've told git that this, you know, the doohickey is connected to the watchamajigger, when you just say git push without any more information, git's like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That one's tied to that one. The knee bone's connected to the hip bone. Off it goes. Mm-hmm. There we go. Problem solved. <laughs> okay. And the git lingo is that we need a tracking remote branch. Oh, so it won't be a bear, a bear. It absolutely will. It will always be a bear repository. It will always be a bear repository. We're never going to have a working tree, but it's a okay. No working tree, but it can. It has branch. It can have branches. It has trees, but they're not not no working tree. No working tree, right? Working branch, right? Working tree. No working tree. There's nothing ever checked out, but it knows everything. So it has every commit. It has every branch. It has every tag. And so we are going to create relationships between our local branches and those remote branches. And while we're at it, we're also going to tell Git that really keep the tags in sync. Don't don't have me tell you every time. Just always keep <laughs> the tags in sync. So we're going to learn how to do that as well. And then we will be at the point where we have created on the command line something entirely analogous to what our GUI has been showing us all along and confusing us for weeks. <laughs> I'm going to pull back the curtain a little bit. Uh, it has not been the um, smoothest process for me to push the show notes each week, each uh, every other week. I think we could no, clearly agree on that, Bart. No, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> so what I was explaining to you, when I was in uh, grad school, I took um, an advanced structural analysis course at UCLA, getting my, my master's in mechanical engineering. And then I, w- I, I decided to take a rotation at work where I would be doing structural analysis. And I thought, this is going to be awesome. I'm going to learn all the theory at at school and I'm going to apply it at work. And I never, ever connected the two together. They were like two different lands where I learned all the equations over here and I went to work and I ran a computer program and it spit things out on screen. And I never saw the connection between the two. And that's kind of how I've been feeling with this because I'm learning how to do this all by hand at the command line. And then I go over to the GUI and I don't see any connection between the two. I'm pushing buttons and not knowing what I'm doing. So we're we're Bart swears to me that we will these things will come together better than UCLA did and my work did. They absolutely will. And the key is the concept of tracking branches. Because the reason your GUI can be so helpful to you is because in the real world, your branches are connected to each other. And so the GUI knows when there's a relevant change on the remote side or when you've done something locally that should go to the remote, right? But unless you have a relationship saying that this branch here connects to that branch over there, the those two concepts are meaningless because if, yeah, there's a branch over there and it has some stuff in that I don't have, but does that belong down here? Well, unless I've actually told it that these two branches should be considered connected, that's meaningless. That's, yeah, I'm not sure I'm making that any clearer. But at the moment, the, the branches are, there is no relationship between main and main. They happen to have the same name, but just like two people called Bob are not automatically the same person, or not automatically, like two people with the surname Sheridan doesn't mean they're related. They might be, but it doesn't mean they are, right? right. We're going to actually tell Git 
this main here and that main there, consider them to be a local and a remote copy of the same thing. Now tell me if there's any changes I need to know about. And when I make changes, you know I need to tell the other guy. And now Git is able to sensibly push and pull. Okay. And when Git is, well, our look- GUI is. <laughs> I look forward to that uh, that uh, penny dropping for me, that's for sure. Yes, and the other thing we'll be doing next time is some sheep farming, as in recloning. <laughs> Come on, Dolly. <laughs> ding, ding, there we go. I knew you'd get that. <laughs> All righty. Okay, well, uh, we'll talk again in a couple of weeks, and I'm looking forward to it. This this was a really fun episode. I can tell you put a lot of work into the way you organized it to make the story make sense, and, and uh, it worked really well. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I didn't actually start writing the show notes till this mo- till yesterday morning, but I've been thinking about the story for two weeks, and I'm... I'm- that that makes all the difference, I think. It it, it genuinely does. I know you uh, you used to think it was odd that I would be worried about a story. It's like, but Bart, you're teaching me the program. It's like, no, 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 no. There's no story here. These show notes won't work. And yeah, but that's, and, you, and you've told us a lot of times where you've written the show notes and then torn them up, yeah, yeah. digitally torn them up because they didn't tell the story. Yeah, no story, no show. That's that's how it works. Anyway, until next time. Most importantly, happy computing. If you learn as much from Bart each week as I do. I'd like you to go over to lets-talk.ie and press one of the buttons over there to help support him. He does 98% of the work here. I'm just the stooge that listens to him and asks the dumb questions. If you go over to lets-talk.ie, you can support him on Patreon, you can donate via PayPal, or you can use one of his referral links. I really hope you'll go over and help him out. In the meantime, you can contact me at Podfeet or check out all of the shows we do over there over at podfeet.com. Thanks for listening and stay subscribed.